Hey everyone, before we begin, I want to give a trigger warning. This podcast episode talks about suicide and depression. Please skip if you're triggered in any way. Now we're saying, oh, these gang members, we have turned these black and Latino youth into the word gang members, into the word like undesirable people. And now we want them all to go to prison. And it's like, no, they don't need to go to prison. They need mental help. Hey everyone, I'm your host Kevin Munoz, you're listening to the Leo Podcast, and before we begin, I want to thank all the amazing people on Patreon that help support the show, and I hope you love today's episode. I'm Asarka Rodriguez, Um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, Right now, I'm uh, currently unemployed, but the pandemic makes it so difficult for uh, anyone to keep a job nowadays, but Um, I have a, with my bachelor's degree in psychology, I actually want to pursue, um, neuroscience, um, specifically psychopharmacology. Um, and, uh, currently right now I really don't do too much. Um, I just, uh, offer support to my friends and like people on clubhouse. If they have like problems that they're going through, I definitely, um, talk them through them. That's very generous of you. That's how um that's how we met, by the way, just through Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I love the way that you spoke. You're very like soft spoken, very inspirational. Um, what 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 are some things that you like? People come to you uh, for advice for because you said you offer some advice to your friends and people. What what do you often like like hear about? Um, I think the the one thing that I hear about the most is just people being um, stressed out about their life. Um, whether it be like their job, they hate their job or they hate their, um, not hate their relationship, but they just don't think it's like working the way it should be. And so I always tell people like, Hey, um, it's your life. You know, you can live it however you want. And I always encourage people to take the steps that they need to take in order to do what they need to do to have a better life. And so that's probably the most prominent thing I hear from people is, I'm stressed, I'm tired, or, you know, I, I want to change this about my life and I don't know how. And I'm like, just go do it. <laughs> just do it. I mean, that's, uh, sometimes people need that, that, um, that person like yourself that give give them that extra push. Right. Like just yeah. to, hear, to hear it from someone else. Right. Yeah. So, uh, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Mm, I would say, um, one thing about me that people probably don't know oh i didn't prepare for this at all i just oh, <laughs> decided i'd come and chit chat and hope it's, for the best. it's even better right on the spot it's right <laughs> genuine conversation uh, but i guess oh you know what one thing about me that most people don't know is i failed an entire year of college entire semester um zeros i got an f in five classes um, not even incomplete, just a failure in five classes, but I ended up graduating. Um, and my GPA never went below a 2.5. There you go. Was that just, um, if you don't mind me, just cause you were in a, like a, a bad space or. Uh, it was actually because I had, uh, I never got, I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until college. So if you look at my GPA, like up until I got oh, wow. diagnosed, it was on a obvious uh, like um downward spiral of i think it started at a two something and then i was at a one something and then the next semester was like zero so yeah that's interesting um actually I- i'm pretty interested to hear about that uh, tell us a bit more about like when do people find out do you know when people find out uh 
that they have ADHD? Yeah. So normally, so this is the interesting part. I went to college uh, and my roommate was um, a white woman and it, it's a very, it was a very different, like um, just way of going about things that she had things, you know, she just went about things very differently. And so when I was telling her about my problems about um, school and whatnot, she immediately was like, go get tested for a learning disorder. And she was saying that this stuff is usually diagnosed um, as a child. So it's usually found out in childhood and whatnot. Um, mm. And so it wasn't diagnosed in me at all until I went to college. And when I get, went to go take the test, I was like, oh, I don't have ADHD. And, you know, I did well on that test. And the, the lady was like, yeah, you did so well. You have ADHD. Like you did like you did like 100%. You got 100%. Yeah, like you, yeah, you oh got 100% gosh. on this. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Why do you think um, I, I feel that's a that's a common that's a- theme for uh, minorities in general, where we, where we find we're kind of late to finding out um, or whether it's like mental health or just any health issues in general. Um, would you agree? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think it just has something I'd actually spoken to a friend about this. because I was like, why is, does it take so long for, you know, minorities and um, to get diagnosed with either diseases or mental illnesses and whatever it may be. And um, if you really think about it, uh, what I realized a lot of like Latinos and black people, what we do is we just persevere. We just get through it. And we don't see these problems as something that can be solved, nor do we see them as problems that can, if we solve them, can make our life better. So we see them as like, okay, well, I'm not crying every day, but that has nothing to do with me like working or whatever, or if I'm like really stressed out. Like, how is me going to therapy going to make more money? Like, I'm paying to feel better. Like, I can just go drink and then I'll feel better. I can just right. go smoke and I'll feel better. And so a lot of times we don't see the benefits of those uh, resources because we're not educated on them. And so. Yeah, absolutely. And as well as like the costs associated with it and, and, and insurance, right? Like a lot of, yeah. a lot of um, <clears throat> our community lacks insurance and 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 therapy can be expensive if you know yeah you know per session it's like sometimes it can range between like 20 to 100 dollars you know per session and depending the thing is we it's been proven that therapy does work um you know cognitive behavioral therapy does work when you try to change your thoughts and those treatments take at least about a year or two just to work. And wow. so you're thinking about $20 a session. Um, if, if you really want, if you really need it really you know, badly, you might want to go once a week or twice a week. That's $20 a week, uh, $40 a week or so for about two years. That's a lot of money that yeah. you just wasted on chit-chatting with someone when you could have just not done that. I guess that's the other thing too, is that like, I look at a generation like my parents and they're, they're thinking like, why would I pay someone to just talk <laughs> like when I can, when I can yeah. uh, just use that money to buy like groceries. And, and I mean, people living like paycheck to paycheck, they don't, they don't have that yeah. kind of luxury. Cause I think it's, it's really a luxury um, to be able to do that. Um, it is. It, it's a real privilege to, to, to get care. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you, do you know of, of like, or have you done any research or work uh, on like how to change that mindset that like 
more people in our community should seek therapy. I mean, especially people in our community, I think would be the ones that need it even more, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think the way that I've really just been trying to phrase it to people is that um, because I feel like we've been taught that the world is just so static and that our, you know, emotions really have no meaning other than just sometimes I'm angry, sometimes I'm mad. Um, But when you kind of, I try to break it down to people and say that stress, if you, you know, become more stressful or more stressed out, it can create chemicals in your brain and can make you do this and can make you do that. And I'll use their own examples and be like, hey, you remember when you did, you know, this, this, and now you got really mad? That was because you were stressed out and you didn't deal with that problem accordingly. And it's, it's more of like a, it's, it's something that we can't just, you know, make a public service announcement and people are going to get it. It's more of a case by case situation. Um, And so I just try to be very understanding and also like try to tell people to be a little bit more open-minded that if you haven't tried this, then maybe it will work. Just try it. And maybe it will make you feel better. And then from that decision on feeling better, now you can go and, um, you know, do something else and you're not worried about whatever you were worried about before. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's just introducing it to them and just being like, well, if you don't like, it's not something that you have to keep doing. Right. Yeah. 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 And then I think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and one thing I I tell people, especially if they're looking for a therapist is like therapies, like dating, um, because the person you find, you may not like them a lot. Um, and they may not be for you. Like my, the way I deal with my problems are very different than other people. Like I tend to cry things out and, you know, take an entire day to myself to just be sad. And other people are like, well, I don't need all of that. I just need to talk about it and I'll move on with my day. And so it just depends on the, there's different types of therapy styles. And instead of trying to confuse people with um, the words and stuff, I just be like, if you don't match with them, just fire them and find another one. Like, just keep going. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up that it's, um, you don't have to stick with it, with the first person that you, you uh, go to as well. Right. I mean, like minorities have different mental health needs than, yep you know, than than like a white person would, I mean, what, what do you, what would you share? Like some of those um, different like mental health needs would be for us. I would say, I think the most prominent thing is family um, because so my family situation is a little bit different, um, but being, um, you know, um, Mexican and black, um, like part of the Mexican side is my mom, And the way that, um, you know, just the Mexican lifestyle is that you take care of your family regardless. Like, it it doesn't matter how old you are. You'd be 40 years old and your mother needs something. You go do it. And I think that's one thing a lot of therapists don't understand is that cultural differences um, and how people are very close with their families. Um, And just understanding that um, at no point are we going to not allow not we're not going to not help our families but at the same time have a healthy balance between helping our families and then also um making sure that we're successful in our lives absolutely well said and healthy balance i'm 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 curious how um we balance our helping our family and letting it 
kind of consume us. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like doing so much that that we're not doing enough for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing is, and it's really hard to talk to someone outside of it about it because I remember I spoke to a therapist about my mother's issues and she's just so dependent on me. Um, but my therapist came to the conclusion that you know, just because my mom was very uh, negligent as a mother when I was younger, that instead of me doing anything for my mother, that I should be like asking her for money and that my mother owes me all this, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but like, <laughs> I need to move past that. And so um, with that healthy balance, it's more of like understanding. I, I think as a, you know, our generation, you know, millennials and Gen Z, it's a little bit of our unfortunately our burden to understand that our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles aren't really going to understand um, the type of independency that we want. And so it's, I think it'd be clear, yeah. it'd be easier for us to make our own boundaries, communicate it to them and then just enforce it. And we already know they're going to get mad. They're going to huff <laughs> and puff and, and cry and call you the worst person, but guess who's they're going to call tomorrow? You like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end so, of your family, right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know, toughen up a little bit. They're going to yell at you. They're going to be mad, but it's okay. Like, you know, that you're doing this for their best interest and your best interest. So. No, that's absolutely right. And it's like, you can't, you know, you can't help them if you first don't help yourself. Right. Like you have to be yeah. in, a, in a good state or, or you're not even going to be able to help. If you can't help yourself, how are you going to help someone else? <laughs> right. Like I, right. I, live, exactly. I, I live by that. I did some research and I found some studies that that have documented how physicians were less likely to identify the severity of depression among minority patients versus white patients, which is kind of like similar to what we talked about. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like that's like a, a real issue. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think it's just again, it's just not going to the right uh, physician and, or just not? looking around for the physician or not being enough physicians? Yeah, no, no. I think it's so interesting you bring that up because um, in order to be diagnosed, so when you go into a th to therapy or any, you know, behavioral like center or whatever, mental health center, they're going to give you a questionnaire. And that questionnaire is going to ask you, are you depressed? Are you sad? Are you, have you felt like killing yourself? And most people are going to say no. Like, no, I haven't been depressed because no one's diagnosed me as depressed. Right. I've been a little bit sad, but that's that one answer is not enough to trigger depression. And if you haven't thought about suicide um, or killing yourself or that you'd be better off, like not in this world, if you haven't had those thoughts. Um, and I would say that people may have had them, but they're not being communicated the same way. And so it's more of like the way that we're explaining these things because people, people could be depressed and severely depressed, but the way that they're do the way that they're going about it is that they're going to work every day. They're, mm. they're, 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 they don't have any time to themselves. So they don't have time to think about those thoughts. And so I think right. that's something that it's like, I think we, need to deep dive into it a little bit more. Um, and just a little bit of information about my background. My, I don't have a, a, a strong family tie, but it's mostly my mother. And so every time I get those questionnaires, I answer them legitimately. Like, yeah, my family life is this, my family life is that. And they're like, well, 
are you really sad about it? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. But And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Like, as long as you're okay with it. And I'm like, mm. like, thinking back, it's like, was I okay with it? Like, Wait, really? <laughs> so they just, so you're like, I'm sad. Um, and they're like, are you okay with it? And it's just like, I, I guess. And they're like, all right, you're yep. fine. That's Literally. really how it, how it went. That was the those how the questions were. They were like, "Well, you answered this," and I was like, "Well, I mean, it's I'm okay about it. Like, I don't I don't really think about it too much." Um, and this, this, and that. And they're like, oh, "Okay, well, we can just move on." And they were more focused like on my ADHD instead of like the depression because they're like, "Oh, well, you should be fine." And I'm like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> That's that baffles me. Actually, I didn't know that. I mean, it really comes down to like a questionnaire. Yeah. Um, that's that's insane <laughs> that's, that's like that's, that's, like usual, that's usually how they that's the first um thing that they do so if you don't trigger any red flags on that questionnaire they're not going to ask you about depression at all wow hmm. that's interesting because you say that there's i mean the large like a large percentage right and checks off that they aren't and i and i feel like even if if I was, I'd, I'd still check off like, no. Right. Because like you said, you, you kind of, if you don't have time to think about it, you mm-hmm. might not even realize it. Mm-hmm. Huh? So how do you, how do you go about that? Do you think that that needs to be like changed or, or how do you, how do you find, how do you diagnose that? Yeah, no, I, I think one, it definitely needs to be changed. Um, but I think the the way to really go about it is to whatever is on the questionnaire, whatever, who cares? Um, mm-hmm. I think we've all understood that standardized tests are not good <laughs> ways of judging people at all. Absolutely. Um, and so with that, I think I'm really not sure what to do on the, the medical side because there's a lot of opinions about who should do what and how intake should happen and things like that. Um, and so I think the only way I can really give advice is for maybe on the, the personal side of the person is to say, like, if you feel a certain way, do not allow someone to tell you that it's not that you mm. don't feel that way, um, because you may not know what the word depression means or you may not know what the word major depression is or what manic means. But if you have feelings of just severe sadness and you don't you really don't things aren't as joyful as you thought they were or sometimes you feel like you're out of control with you know your how much fun you have and you just it's so out of control like those are things that you need to like just express to them and say hey I don't know how to like do this questionnaire but this is what I'm here for these are the reasons that Mm. I'm here so the communication is key yeah so that's interesting so having so you're saying like having so much fun that you're kind of just doing it to go through the motions. Yeah. Like, like that's, I know in, people, that's interesting. I never thought, I never thought about that. Yeah. Cause um, I have, I have a few friends. I had a few friends that were depressed and I had friends that would see that and they'd be like, well, if they're say they're depressed, but they're always partying all the time and they're always doing this and they're always doing that. And it's like, um, yeah, I think they're just doing stuff to do it, just like to feel something a lot of times. Right, right. Um, and when you when you realize that your friends or people around you are just doing crazy stuff just to 
to get, you know, a feeling out of you and be like, oh, okay. Like, at what point are you going to, you know, seek out a little bit of help and realize that it's not you, you just need, you know, some guidance. So how do you, as a, as a, uh, a friend that sees this, right? How do you approach that person um, and, and talk about it, right? And I feel like that's not something easy to do. No, it's, it's really not because um, most of the time people are going to be defensive um, because when we have um, like pure emotions, whether it be anger, happiness, sadness, or like, you know, sexual like pleasure or whatnot, we're ashamed of them. Um, we're not going to sit here and like somebody, I think happiness maybe is the only thing that we're okay with sharing with people, but everything else is like, we're not going to share it. I usually go into a conversation realizing that, okay, they're probably not going to tell me what's actually happening. But if I give just hints of like, yeah, if you need this, or if you need that, um, I can, you know, come and help you or um, with my, my best friend, she's actually, her father passed away last year. And instead of like being blunt and say, Hey, your dad passed away. It's Father's Day weekend. We should hang out. Like, Right, <laughs> it's right. not something she would respond to at all. She'd be like, "Girl, no." So instead, I'd be like, "Hey, like, what are you doing? Like, let's hang out and like just really be there for them." And I wouldn't say chaperone or monitor them, but just really be there and support them and say, "Hey, if you ever feel you know this way, I'm always here for you." Like, say it before they ask, before you want them to ask. Um, I like just, that. So, I like that. I yeah. think a lot of people wait um that wait for for the for like a like a sign or or, or for them to say something for you to, mm-hmm. to kind of reassure them right um mm-hmm. but i feel like i mean i would i feel like i wouldn't say anything you know I, i'd be like the type of person that i am it's like i don't want to burden other people with nobody my, right with my problems so it's like i probably wouldn't say anything only to like my girlfriend like like my closest person right that's Mm -hmm. um you but even with like your significant other some people have trouble communicating that so i like that you say that you should assure them and just um make sure that you're there for them right yeah i i think that's the only thing that you can do as a friend because it's going to be really presumptuous of you to say hey you're showing signs of depression Mm -hmm. um because nobody wants to feel like a textbook nobody wants to feel like you know, oh, like you're just doing this because you have a psych degree and you're just trying to be a know-it-all and whatnot, you know? And you so get that I, a lot? Are people I've, like, oh, <laughs> you just have, you're just trying to use like, yeah, you just think you're a know-it-all because uh, yeah. of your degree or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you, oh, you, you just think, and it's like, ah, okay, I need to change my approach. I understand why you feel that way. You feel attacked. You feel like I'm over here, like discussing you in my class and I'm not, so... Just, I decided I'd change my approach and just be a little bit more um, approachable so that they can approach me instead of me trying to, you know, open them up. That's, that is huge of you. I, I got to commend you for that and applause you because most people would just be like, I, I feel like most people would just be like, all right, well, bye. Like, you don't want to be like, yeah. screw you. But like, I feel like a, a real friend like, like yourself, like would change their approach and and that's uh that's something we can all learn from is just changing our approach. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one thing I've um and I I it's a really fine line 
Um, because it's a really fine line that I walk because back in 2018, I got a, a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. and I don't, I understand that the injury came from someone else, but I also don't want to sit here and like, Oh my gosh, like there's nothing I can do. And so I decided, like, like I said, change my approach. Like maybe I need to take a little bit more responsibility and be like, okay, this is an issue that I have. And instead of, you know, expecting things to work the same way that they used to work, I need to change that and change my approach to the problem and realize that, you know what, I'm not the problem, but um, the things that I'm trying to do, like work a regular job is the problem. And so mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that I've, since I, since I had that one issue with um, that friend who thought I was, a you know, being a know-it-all with my psych degree from then I'm like, okay, I need to change my approach to most problems when I encounter an issue. Right. And you gave us a little, bit of a a snippet there but i'm i'm interested to see how if you're okay with it talk about your injury and how that shaped um how you're how you go about things and how you think about mental health and everything as well yeah so um it's kind of like really changed it a lot um because it just has been eye-opening because a lot of the things that we consider like legitimate like doctors and stuff I realize is I'm not saying they're not legitimate but I'm also saying that there's a lot more solutions to our problems than what's being presented to us and with my concussion the traumatic brain injury that I had I um I have this it it, the problem I had is like damn near impossible to figure out right I can't see too well um I can't see screens I can't stand in light I get dizzy. I get nauseous. I have a headache every day. I get confused. I have memory problems. And so I'm like, how am I supposed to work a regular job? And I think one of the questions that really like got to me was how, what is the purpose of living if I don't remember my life? Mm. And that was probably the deepest shit. I was like, I really need to figure that out because (laughs) I I forget stuff all the time and it feels like I, I do stuff. I'm like, why am I doing it? What is the, my purpose of doing it mm-hmm. if I don't remember it? And I'm starting, I started to realize that mental health is probably one of the most important things in our body that we can actually do because without our brain, there's nothing our body can physically do. Like you take the brain away, it, there's your purposeless. Yep. And so um, I was like, how do I like fix, how do I solve, how do I navigate the world, a digital world at that mm. in a pandemic, everything's digital. I wanted to go to college, like go so back to school. So was this during, sorry to cut you off, was this during your, was it before the pandemic or like? Yeah, this, this happened in 2018. Um, And so I've been like suffering with the issues since 2018. And then when the pandemic hit, I Mm. was um, about to get a new job. And that was like, yeah, no, no jobs. Cause I was going to be an office manager for a uh, law office. And I was just going to be doing paperwork stuff. Didn't really need to use a computer too much and just walk around their office and file stuff away. It was going to be a really easy job. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. And then the pandemic hit and everything became digital. Mm. And so I was like, damn, like, how am I really supposed to get through this? And so the way that it really changed, like, my ideas towards mental health is that 
mental health isn't as like um isn't as uh, I think I'm using this word static like it stays the same it's not as static as we think it is like we don't we think that depression is just depression and then that's all you go through mm. and there's nothing else and it's no it's a it's a messy mix of, of a whole bunch of other stuff that happens and it's more of like you have to really look inward in order for you to understand what's going on outside you know, around you in the world. I had to think about what I wanted in life to the core, not just, well, I need a job. I needed a place to stay like to the core. What did I want to do to the core and how can I do that regardless of any injuries? And I think I, at that point I realized that just perseverance never stops And I think a lot of people take that a little bit too literally in some situations. Like I said, it's not as static as we think it is. It's not, yeah, we're just going to keep working hard on, on trying to be a better person or trying to do this, this and that. But it's like, no, you are going to keep working hard. But at the same time, do you have to work hard? Because we don't like it's this analogy sounds weird, but like we don't make suits to get into lava. (laughs) because there's nothing there like there is there is all that effort and energy that we would put into a suit to get into lava is purposeless and so when i think of mental health people are going through all these problems that are unnecessary so they believe i need to persevere through these problems but not something else sorry i was saying how do you identify that like how do you as how do you how do you balance like i need to like uh put like 24 hours of my time into something or 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 i need to work so hard that i'm gonna work myself to the ground like like how do you say maybe i shouldn't do that like how do you uh identify that right i think it really starts when you when you realize that you're not happy and and fortunately for some people, they're never going to realize that they're going to be like, yeah, no, I'm fine. And this is cool. This is great. But for some people, they'll realize like, no, this is not how I want to be. This is not something needs to change. And so once you realize something needs to change, that's when you you really need to look inward and go down to your core beliefs of, OK, if you believe hard work is is important why are you working hard for uh, an employer that doesn't care about you? Like if you really believe you're a hard worker, why do you come home stressed out? Because your boss said you weren't, you're believing what they're saying. And Mm -hmm. when you realize those things, you're like, wait, I've allowed these people around me to tell me who I am, how I should live my life. I'm over here trying to work hard not realizing that your your purpose right now is to impress your boss your purpose is to impress your parents and your purpose is to impress these other people when you realize that you don't want to impress anyone anymore you're like hey i just want to be happy on my own i'm not hurting anyone i'm not you know being a bad person i just want 
to live my life the way that I want to. And I think that's why a lot of people have become entrepreneurs that they're realizing mm. I don't have to play into this anymore. I don't have to get a job just to, to have a place to stay. People are getting tiny homes. People are paying $20,000 for a tiny home <laughs> and taking that everywhere and saying, I'm not yeah. paying rent. So I think a lot of people are realizing this, but I think it really starts with when you realize that you are not happy mm. and the reason that you're not happy is because you're trying to please everyone else, regardless of if you're a quote unquote people pleaser. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a people pleaser just because I love it interacting with people though. But you know what, when I was in high school, um, I feel like I let a lot of people walk over me and then mm-hmm. I kind of got to a point where I was, I, I was, I think uh, having a like a period of reflection is very good because mm-hmm. I, 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 I there was a point where I was just like, why am I letting these people like? And it was I think it was a lot of insecurities of being like undocumented um, that mm-hmm. I wasn't as like uh, that you know I didn't have the same rights so I was always careful I always had that that voice in my head like well you better watch out because you you never know like one of these kids could just they'll get like away scotch-free, but like you on the other hand could actually get deported. Like that's a, that's a realization that, that we have. Um, How do you, what do you recommend for someone to, who's, who's dealing with that kind of issue, you know, because for me it was, it was hard to come out of where I was in a right mental uh, state to finally be like, you know what? No, I am like worthy enough. And, and, and I shouldn't let people like walk all over me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the what I would tell people that are in that space and they're trying to get out of it is to just really trust your intuition. <laughs> um, that little voice in your head, that gut feeling um, that you're like, ah, like, I know this is right, but the world is telling me, you know, something else like this calculator says two plus two is five but I know in my heart it's four. And I, I think that's the one thing a lot of people are scared of is just to listen to that intuition, listen to that voice in your head and follow that before you follow anyone else. Um, because I, I personally believe that every time anyone makes a decision, they know in their head if it's a good or bad decision, like they just know. And they don't sometimes don't listen to that. They're like, oh yeah, it's not a good decision, but you know. <laughs> yeah no absolutely just listen to your intuition and let that guide you um you know and follow not your heart your intuition because your heart will lead to heartbreak (laughs) (laughs) i like that (laughs) um so to to kind of shift gears a little bit but still within the same realm um how do you think like racism plays into mental health because a lot of i feel a lot of people that aren't minorities at least would wouldn't think it does <laughs> but it mm-hmm. i think it absolutely does and and we know it's a it's a civil rights issue but do you think it's also like a public health concern no i think it's definitely um obvious like um just it, uh, more background information about me i'm from chicago i'm from the south side of chicago um back of the yards neighborhood and the in not the entire south side but a lot of the you know south side of chicago is riddled with gangs And it's so interesting to me because I kind of just made this connection the other day. I was like, well, 
okay, if we know that there's so many gangs in Chicago and people are dying left and right, what do we think that's doing to the kids? Like, are they not traumatized? Like, and so to me, it's like, okay, now we have these traumatized kids. They don't know they're traumatized because they haven't been diagnosed. They just know that they're, they get angry when people do A, B, and C and they can't control their emotions. They have PTSD. And so, you know, they act upon that. And instead of trying to get any type of mental health services to the South side, everybody immediately goes to judging them and saying, Oh, these kids are doing this. These kids are doing Mm -hmm. that. And I'm like thinking like, damn, like you all have literally belittled these children into, to, to being nothing and saying that these kids, you know, they're, they're hopeless because they've been traumatized because it's the same thing that we do to, you know, people that go to war, they go to war, they're traumatized. If they don't, get in contact with the VA or something happens and they don't get in contact with the VA as, you know, as much as they need to and get the help that they need. They're just on the street fucked up and nobody cares. Sorry. Right. Oh, but it. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it plays a really big role because now we're saying, Oh, these gang members, we have turned these black and Latino youth into the word gang members into mm. the word like undesirable people. And now we want them all to go to prison. And it's like, no, they don't need to go to prison. They need mental help. Like right. there's a lot going on. So I think that's how it really plays into. Wow. That's a great answer. Um, and it really gets me thinking like uh, you and I both know there's just a lack of resources for these yep. kids and, and especially in, in neighborhoods um, where, uh, where there just is a lack of resources for everything but how do you, how do you like, you know, it, it might be like, I always try to think grand, you know, like, how do you help these kids? And like, it's, does it start at like the, the government level or the community level? What do you, what's your opinion? I think it, I think it should start at a community level. Um, but it's just really hard. It's so interesting to me because I was a Girl Scouts troop leader for about a year. Um, unqualified for the job, but they just threw me into it because um, I like to volunteer. But I was like really high up, like a troop leader. I led the entire troop. I knew everybody's address. I knew everything. I knew other troop leaders. I knew where all the troops were at. I knew wherever the meetings were. And when I went to do like just some research, you'll see what was going on with the Girl Scouts. There are Girl Scouts like on the south side of Chicago that no one knows about. I've never seen them. I was never recruited for them. I, I've never seen them out and about selling cookies. And it's like, there's these resources out there, but how are they not getting to these kids? And I think it definitely needs to start at a community level to where we need to expose these kids to these resources and stop asking them to re- apply for them. Stop asking yeah. their parents, hey, uh, sign them up for this, sign them up for that. No, why are you not out in the streets saying, hey, do you want to sign up for this? Do you want to sign up for that? Do, we, do you want to have this program? Do we want to get you in that program? But instead, we're worried about where everybody's zip code is and we're worried about where what you know you know who can go where or you know how much money somebody can spend on it and you know who's the alderman like that's not my neighborhood i'm not going to help them it's like we have boy scouts we have girl scouts yes the boy scouts have had their (laughs) 
their issues. I'm not saying go be a Boy Scout or condone, uh, condone anything that they're doing, but I'm saying we have these programs, but they're not being promoted to these youth. And so I think we need to work at a community level to actually promote these services, um, these services to these youth, um, instead of expecting them to, you know, get up and come and apply on their own or having their parents do it either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it's like infuriating when I see like not enough money being like dedicated to mental health, uh, because it's 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 like I said, it's I feel like it's it's a public health concern, and it's just not being addressed. Um, even though you hear it from 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 like Black and Latino people, just. And just minorities in general, just literally begging like for for money to help our community, um, because yeah. you know they don't have that money or education on on where they can go or how how they can get help, and it's only getting worse. And and you see even through like you know not to get into like police stuff and like the whole reform, but mm-hmm. but we really they really need needs to be like qualified people i think that's that's the thing it's like do you would you agree like like how to handle um minorities because like when when i see someone that doesn't look like myself talking you know that doesn't know the same kind of problems that we face Mm -hmm. it's just like well what do you know you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of people have that kind of mentality yeah no no i agree i think we do need more people that are qualified um it's just like the way I see it is that it's going to take a minute. Um, when mm. I first started college, I was told that less than this is so heartbreaking, less than one percent. That's literally zero. Like, I think we all understand less than one. is zero. <laughs> Yeah. So less than one percent of Latinos get a doctorate degree. And this was back when I was in college about 10 years ago. And now I think it's I think it's like less than three percent or something like that so we're we're getting up there mm-hmm. it's just going to take a while for us to to you know to to make a an impact on the you know in these um professional fields and whatnot it's not going to be an overnight thing yeah. um and i think the best thing we could do is just oh, personally i think you know be there for our friends and families and if we see anyone that we think might be going through it you know just kind of you know be subtle remind them that that if they need anything you're there for, you're there for them right that's what i i try to do at least <laughs> yeah i just it, there it doesn't hurt in being a, a kind person like i think a lot of times people are always wondering like well what am i going to get out of it and it's like you might get something out of it <laughs> but at the end of the day like if your intention is to help and you know either they did or didn't receive that help your intention didn't change so mm-hmm. There's no like harm in being a nice person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do you continue to learn um, in order to stay on top of things? Um, I think so. I try to keep people around me that are, you know, um, really well knowledgeable in like the mental health field, but also just, um, I would say keep an open mind because I'm going to be real with you. I'm not about to go read no articles. I'm not about mm-hmm. to go take no classes and relearn all the stuff I learned, but I keep an open mind that if something's changed and somebody tells me something like, Hey, that's not how that works anymore. Um, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, let me know how it works. And, you know, have them educate me. And then, you know, um, 
then go do my own research. But in the meantime, I just listen. And if somebody yeah. has something you know different to say, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen. Yeah, I mean, listening is powerful. That's how I learn is a lot. I learn a lot from people. Just in, so I love to do these interviews as well. I've learned a lot from you. I learned a lot from just interacting with people. I feel like that's one yeah. of the best things to do. Yeah, definitely. No, it's it's um, that's one thing I love about Clubhouse is because I've learned so much information on there that I've never found on Google. Like, mm. it's 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 so interesting just actually speaking to people than being told hey go look that up i'm not going to tell you it's like no we're here to share knowledge like i'd rather <laughs> hear it from you than hear it from a, a book like we need to stop you know giving validation to these you know um sources and whatnot that these other people have made that have nothing to do with us <laughs> right yeah and what were like the best of resources that helped you along the way like when you, when you were um when you were going through it like in the beginning of the pandemic and i'm sure as many <laughs> as well were but um what were some of the things that like helped you along the way um i think one of the things that really helped me because uh, when i needed a, a psychiatrist my favorite website to go to is psychology today okay. um and even if you don't use the psychiatrist there read their bios um because they give they give out bios and they'll say i'm this type of person and this is the type of therapy i believe in and this is what i do and you know that way you can figure out you know what type of therapy would match up with you? Because I was looking for people that is really hard to find that specialize in ADHD <laughs> and traumatic brain injuries. Like I need a, a combination. Like, so that resource like really, really helped me. Um, and I'm trying to, I don't, I, I feel like I, I feel like we get like paid. It seems like we get paid to promote clubhouse, but like clubhouse <laughs> has been like, Oh, before as, it was um it didn't come out until after the pandemic but mm -hmm. i think it's been a really helpful um thing because if you need someone to talk to i i'm not saying don't go to a licensed professional but you don't always need a licensed professional sometimes mm -hmm. you just want someone to speak to and a lot of times the people on there um they have so many really great resources and honestly that's where you know, my, the catalyst of like me getting my, you know, life together started when I started using Clubhouse and talking to people about the problems I had. And so um, the last resource I would say is to just literally speak to everyone you possibly can. Um, and don't be ashamed. People mm. laugh at you. Oh, well, they laughed at Jesus and look what they did to him. Like, <laughs> right, right. That's, um, and also just like, if people don't have like, um, the money as well. I mean, Clubhouse yeah. is, is, is free. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, like I said, people are willing to share and, and talk there. And I think a lot of, I found a lot of uh, people with similar, like if you find the spaces with similar um, backgrounds and things that you might have, uh, you have in common, I think that's the greatest thing. Yep. Definitely. Uh, I also wanted, you mentioned that you were working on a series called uh, Realizations After a Concussion, right? Just yeah. speak, speak more about it because that sounds really interesting to me. Yeah. So uh, I'm not at home right now. I'm at a friend's house, but um, I had like some stuff written down about it. But so, yeah, I'm starting this clubhouse series called Realizations After um, Concussion, uh, After Concussions, After Concussion. Um, and it's just a lot of the stuff that I realized um, just after getting my concussion about life, about just how to navigate through life, because 
I haven't really said this much, but I'm actually like disabled, like technically um, disabled. But, you know, the the Social Security Administration doesn't believe that yet. Um, mm. And just just realizations of like, OK, just because I'm disabled does not mean I can't do this. So if that's the case, then what's stopping you? Like, <laughs> and not even to compare, but saying like, OK, like if a disabled person can go and do whatever they want. And the things that they were stopping them was their vision and their dizziness and their memory. And, you know, if we break it down into just these are the things that's bothering me, how do we navigate that? Um, People realize like, oh, life isn't that difficult. It's not that, you know, crazy. Once I realize that these are the things that are stopping me, this is what I need to to do. Um, Or it's just just the smallest things about life that people make really difficult. I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that difficult. You don't have to have a difficult conversation. Um, you don't have to, I, I realize a lot of people will, we won't give you an answer. They'll just tell you to go look it up. And I'll realize like, why can't we talk? Why can't we have a conversation? It's like, no, I don't want to talk to you. It's like, why not? <laughs> so you're going to start this uh, series in clubhouse and, um, is this just going to be, it's just going to be a space for people to come in and just uh, talk about their, um, or is it just going to be you most, it's kind of like a live podcast situation and then people sharing. It's more of like, I really want to um, talk about my experience. And then um, if anyone has, because what I realize is what my experience can is relatable to a lot of people, Mm. regardless of if you're disabled or not. My problem is I can't keep a job. <laughs> my problem is I, I can't pay my rent. Like, <laughs> and so um, a lot of people are like, well, you know, how do I, how do, how, how does that, what is, what does you having a concussion have to do with it? Like people always say, this is it. Sorry. I'm like, I have a headache. And anyway, um, so people say, they're like, well, you're so positive And like, how are you so positive? You know, people only do that when they're after, you know, after they go through stuff. And I'm like, wait. Mm hold on. What do you mean after? Like, no, no, no. I'm currently going through this now. I have a headache like every day. I've been up since 3 a.m. actually. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to do this with me then. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just want to tell people like, it's definitely can be done. Look at what I'm doing. It's never easy. Ne- life is never going to get perfect. You're never going to be a- at a time in your life where you're like, everything's great like no that's not how it is and so that's what i let people know like even through the storm you can be okay i love that and then i am for one looking forward to that so keep me updated on that front <laughs> and yeah, where can definitely. um where can our listeners connect with you online if they're also interested in finding your information and just getting um involved yeah. with that yeah so um i have a um instagram page um at Jasmine Wintour, J-A-Z-M-I-N-E Wintour. Um, and I have Twitter as well, Jasmine Wintour. Um, and Clubhouse, my name is Acerca Rodriguez. <laughs> awesome. And I'll, I'll have that in the notes as well and um, on Instagram. So what's a final takeaway here? What's something you'd like the listeners to take away from this episode, if anything? Oh, I think the one <laughs> thing I want people to take away is to remove the word try from your vocabulary and change it with do or manifest. Just Mm -hmm. do it or just manifest it. Just do not try, just go and do it. Your dream life is literally 
right in front of you. You have to like go get it. I love that. That's that is powerful. Um, manifesting. Do you you obviously a believer in manifesting things? How yeah. do you talk to me about that? I'm I'm really interested in that because I hear it often. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not one. It's so interesting because look, I went into my notes and I was like, I hope I can go find the note about manifesting because I wrote a whole little note about it. And guess what? It's already open. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, wow. I've manifested. Wow. Anyway. You manifested that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm not a big on words and like um, the definitions that people use, but manifesting apparently is something that has been um, really widely talked about. And I think the mm -hmm. only reason it's widely talked about is because the CIA okay, has put out a paper talking about manifesting is real. Okay. And since then, people really? have been saying, manifest this, manifest that. Yeah, it's like a 48-page document about a whole bunch of stuff that they thought was fake is actually real. Um, wow. I, I think I have the link to it. That's anyway. interesting. I'll, I'll have to look into that later. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah. And so after, you know, I read, I didn't read much of it. I was like, oh, the CIA said this, like, cool story. After I figured out what manifesting was, I was like, I've been doing this my entire life. <laughs> no one's told me that this is like what it is. And um, just, I have three quick steps to manifesting. And what manifesting is, is just you um, asking for what you want and receiving it. So whether it be a new job, a new boyfriend, a new house. Uh, I don't, I don't know if manifesting a new world is going to work, but you can try. Um, <laughs> could be like your I perspective would, of the world. You know what I mean? Right. Like your your right. own manifesting. I, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. That's <laughs> all I had to say. I was saying manifesting like you're, you're shifting your, your perspective to, to what the world you want to be living in. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that's the crazy part is, um, one thing about manifesting is if you don't believe it's possible, you cannot manifest it. That is bottom line. If you do not mm. believe fundamentally that it's possible, it won't happen. Um, and so the three steps that I came up with that I realized what I do is I, you know, figure out what I want and communicate it clearly. So I either talk to somebody I, I, I need. I think you need to talk to somebody about it. You need to write about it and to telepathically communicate and like just speak, like think about it or whatever. Um, and just make sure you're very specific about it. Two, you need to take the action needed. Literally just go do it. If you want a new house, go apply for a new house. You want a new job, go apply for a new job. Go look for the new job. Um, go make your resume, go apply for a loan, literally go do all the things that involve um, you going to go get what you want. Um, and then the third step, I think this one is the one that trips people up, is to enjoy the process of you going to go and get the things that you want. But you need to look for opportunities for what you want. And what I realized a lot of times when I manifest, what I put my actual work in, like I, every job I've applied to, I never got. And every job I did get was a job that was sent to me. And so if I would, if I would just sit here and say, oh, if I would just sit here and say, oh, like I'm, um, I'm, I'm applying for these jobs. This is a job I want. This is a job I'm going to apply for. And I'm, I don't care about any of these other jobs. 
if I don't look for this opportunity, then I'm not going to see it. And so what I, what I tell people, and I don't want to discourage them, but a lot of times what you put your hard work into is not going to be what you manifest. Mm. And that's the, the, the most difficult thing for people to understand. And they're like, well, I put a lot of work and hard work into this relationship with this guy and it's not working. Okay. That's just you showing that you have the effort that you do want what you manifest, what you're asking for, but they're not going to give it to you and that person maybe. And so um, this is like, I've done this like my entire life with, with everything that I could possibly want, like from, from a job to the, the home I live in. And it explains everything. Cause I was like, I just get everything <laughs> right when I need it. Like, <laughs> right. Right. That's awesome. I love manifestation because like, it's, it's speaking it into existence. Um, it's kind of like, it's giving, it's also just motivation, you know, I'm all about motivation. And like, it's just, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go after it. You know what I mean? Have the dedication. I want it. It gives you more <laughs> control over like what you do and want. And you realize like, wow, I really can go do whatever I want. And it's like so freeing. So, right. Well, thank you so much um, for agreeing to come on here. I got to say your friends and family are absolutely, um, lucky to have you in their lives because you just dropping dime after dimes here and, and you're very knowledgeable <laughs> and and you give such great advice so i i'm so happy to have you on here and and share that knowledge with our listeners as well um yeah no thank you for having me i definitely enjoyed it yeah absolutely and if there's anything um that i didn't ask you or mention that you'd like to share as well you can go ahead um no not really. I think I'm all good. Um, if anybody wants to uh, check me out, I don't sell anything. So <laughs> <laughs> if you guys just want to chit chat, I'm definitely here. You got any problems you need help with? Uh, I can help as much as I can. Well, let me tell you, you have great advice. You could start like blog posts and, and just monetize those as well. I mean, there's because I uh, believe me, the things you're saying are are, are amazing. So well, thank Def- you. Yeah, no, I, stuff I'm you really trying that. to get into this. Thank you so much. I'm really <laughs> trying to like get into this. So it really helps me like motivate me to to do my clubhouse series. Um, Cause I'm like, I, I really want to help people, but I just feel like what I have to say is literally just stuff that I think about. So it's like, why do people want to hear this? And so you just really um, affirm that for me. So thank you. And you're here manifesting it. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Um. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and a follow on Spotify. It helps me tremendously in order to bring more awareness and educational resources to our community. For more information and to stay up to date with what I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram at latinamericaneo. And if you need more information and resources, you can visit my website, latinamericaneo.org. I'm Kevin Munoz. This has been the Leo Podcast, and I'll see you next time. This podcast is not investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. All information on here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied are for informational, entertainment, 
or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. Conduct your own due diligence or consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this podcast expressed or implied are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise.